0: Welcome to Mindful Elevation, a podcast that explores the healing powers of energy psychology and mindfulness. My name is Rachel Tallheimer and I'm a licensed independent clinical social worker with Elevate Counseling. Join me in my conversations with some incredible guests to see how energy psychology has impacted their lives and how you can use it to improve yours. Not only are these guests my friends and colleagues, but they're clinical professionals with expertise in their fields. These conversations are packed with laughter, honesty, and tons of insight into energy psychology. Feel free to listen at your own pace and in your own space. Thanks for tapping in to today's conversation. Welcome back to Mindful Elevation for this week's conversation with my friend, my colleague, Megan O'Toole. Megan earned her Master's of Arts degree in mental health counseling and expressive therapies, specializing in art therapy from Leslie University in 2010. She received her Bachelor's of Fine Arts in 3D Studies and Psychology in 2005. Megan is a licensed mental health counselor and a registered art therapist and uses art in her sessions. She helps her clients learn creative ways to manage their stress, learn about their symptoms, and learn effective coping skills. Megan also specializes in women's issues, life transitions, and parenting support. Megan is currently working towards her certificate in perinatal mental health with the hopes to incorporate art therapy with this population. Megan currently works with individuals ages 14 and up and has past experience working with individuals of all ages and groups diagnosed with depression, anxiety, mood disorders, PTSD, and substance abuse. Megan is also one of our licensed track clinician program clinical supervisors and enjoys being a part of a young professional's development. Megan enjoys outdoor activities, being creative in all forms, spending time with her family, and traveling. And I am so excited to talk to her today about being creative. Megan, welcome to the podcast.
1: Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having me. My (laughs) absolute pleasure.
0: So, Meg, as I call you, Mm -hmm. because you are not Megan to me. You are absolutely Meg. Meg, tell me about what we're going to be talking about today.
1: So today we are going to talk about creativity. So with creativity,
0: I'm thinking stick figures, modge podge, crayons. So should any listener over the age of six immediately just stop listening?
1: I certainly hope not. I I think it would be for everybody.
0: Okay, good. (laughs) Very good. Tell me about that judgment that people have about creativity.
1: Oh, I feel like as soon as somebody hears the word art, they run for the hills because I get a lot of adults that say, well, I didn't do well in school. So we're just not going to touch that. Really, creativity is for everyone. It sounds super cliche, but it really, really is. Creativity doesn't have to have judgment either, you know, because we're creative in so many ways. A lot of times people, when they hear creativity, they just think of the visual arts in academic type of creativity, visual arts. But if you really think outside of the box, like we're creative throughout our day, pretty much every day, whether if it's singing in the car to our favorite song, if it's being creative in our job, thinking outside of a box for a project rather than doing the usual thing, if it's doodling, so many people just doodle while they're in meetings, like that's creativity making vision boards. I right now am infatuated with doing things on the cricket. There's so many ways that you can be creative.
0: I'm a little curious. What activities are you doing on the cricket? I'm so intrigued.
1: Oh, well, I know our viewers can't see this, but I'm putting, so this is just vinyl on my water cup. And when I put the cold water in, it changes color. It's super fun, all fun stuff.
0: That would motivate me to drink more water, so...
1: It does, honestly, because I see it turn hot pink and I'm like, oh, yes, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. No, there's so many fun things, especially the cricket. The cricket's like really, really popular right now. And literally anything you can put vinyl on, you can do with a cricket.
0: That's so cool. I think about creativity in so many more ways than art. I myself am a musician. I'm mm-hmm. creative with my music all the time. I encourage all of my clients to use creativity. Whether it's singing, dancing, writing poetry, even journaling in a way can be creative. Oh, you know, it's just letting the mind do its thing. So what would you say are some of the benefits of being creative?
1: Well, there's a lot that I would say the first thing that really comes up to me is like when you're creative, you're allowing yourself, your mind, your body to be present and mindful in the moment. You're allowing yourself to kind of let go of anything that may be bothering you, anything that you may be stuck on from whether if it's past or worrying about what's coming up and just being in the moment. And that just opens the doors for so many things as well as just allowing yourself to just heal with stuff. And being creative too allows yourself to see things, not only just in the moment, but say there's something that you don't like in that moment, you can deconstruct it and make it into something new. So you have control. You know, a lot of times people get stressed out because they're like, ah, I'm not creative. I can't do it. Don't know what I'm doing. And they feel out of control. And I'll often point out, well, you're in complete control the entire time. Like you say what you do or not do. So it really allows a lot of different things, but I would say the first thing that really pops up is allowing yourself to be mindful, be present in the moment, which our society right now always doesn't encourage. They encourage you to be multitasking and be juggling a gazillion things.
0: Right. I know that when some of my clients are drawing or painting, I encourage them to just freely express themselves, but a lot of them get really frustrated because their art isn't turning out perfectly. Can you speak on that a little bit?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So that's what I was kind of referring to as like that academic type of art that many of us from going to grade school is really, we're we're taught that's what creativity is. And with art therapy and anybody that's engaged in art therapy typically will kind of chuckle because they're told this a lot, but it's really the process and not the product. You're not making a piece of art that's going to hang up on the the wall of the MFA. You can, no one's saying you can't, but that's really the intention is to make art, to allow yourself to be present. And as you're doing that, you'll get into this creative state of mind, this creative flow that we call it. And all of a sudden, all of these different things will pop up to you. You'll have either thoughts about what you're dealing with. So if you're making art on a particular subject, or you'll realize, wow, I'm feeling a certain way. And I didn't realize that because again, circling it back to mindfulness, you're allowing yourself to be present. And when you're being present and you're practicing that skill, you're allowing anything to come into your state of mind. You're not being judgmental and you're giving yourself permission to just be and when i have people myself that start getting on themselves for that i really kind of point out like are we being present because if we're being really critical of ourselves we're not being present we're passing judgment we're having a preconceived notion of what this art should be like and that's not being mindful mindful is just letting it be and being like oh that looks really weird and i don't know why in trying to figure that
0: out. You know, what's interesting is I sometimes even see when I work with kids and the kids are using some kind of artistic expression that their parents will sometimes judge Mm. the kid's art. For example, if a kid is drawing themselves, the parent will sometimes be like, well, why don't you just use a stick figure? Sort Mm. of like, let's get this along. Right. Right. You know, it's, oh, the hair color is wrong or Oh, this is something I see where the parent goes, is that a insert Mm -hmm. word? And it'll shift the child's motivation. And instead I said, what is that?
1: Tell Mm -hmm. me what you're
0: drawing. Right. So it's just so cool how, whether it's a kid, a teen, an adult, right? Because there is no age on this. It's their own expression, there can't be judgment from themselves or others. And then I think about where does that judgment even come from in the first place? Where does this perfectionism even come from in the first place?
1: Right, right. It's a lot of just this expectation that things need to look a certain way. I mean, and we see that so much in other areas of our life. We have to present a certain way. For we're outside of the box, it's considered different. It's considered weird. You know, people will look at you differently, all of these things. And so it is such an innate Thought pattern that we as a society need to be mindful of, because sometimes we might draw a sun and it literally might be a sun, but we might draw our sun and it might represent something else. And if somebody's immediately imposing their judgment on it, it very quickly stops that creative flow because it gets us out of that mindset. And now we're looking at it in a different light, rather than just allowing ourselves just to be, and then process it at a later time in a sense of after you've done that. Right. It's not easy. As clinicians, we are trained to think of that. And it's very hard for me being a trained art therapist. I have to stop and go, do not say that's what it is, because I don't know when we're doing talk therapy. We don't know exactly how somebody's feeling. And that's why we do that reflective questioning. So I'm hearing that you're feeling this. Am I right? Mm -hmm. Because you never, ever want to assume. So many people will say, ah, I got so mad when they told me I was feeling this way and I wasn't. Why are we going to do that to people's creativity? Oh, that looks like it. So it must be it. No, it might not.
0: I had an old mentor say to me that letting someone finish their sentence and get to the period is a form of delayed gratification. Mm. And I feel like that also relates to This creative process, you know, not having that judgment or that critique or even identification or projected identification of what's going on in that art or music or dance, right? It could be really whatever it is until it gets to the end. I feel like as clinicians or as parents or as friends or whoever it may be, we need to practice that delayed gratification to let someone fully express themselves.
1: Right, a hundred percent. Yeah, because again, our society just constantly reinforces immediate gratification. Right. So as as long as something's taking longer than expected, it's that own person's issues to deal with. That like, oh, come on, hurry it up! We're on a time restraint. Let's go. Let's go. That's your time restraint. That's Mm -hmm. your current struggle with that, and that's that person's responsibility to process that. You shouldn't necessarily. Push that onto somebody else because everybody's journey is different.
0: And you know what's interesting is this feeling of being rushed, it actually changes depending on where you are, what the culture is. I've heard that the rushing culture of New England is Mm -hmm. so much faster and so much more intense than down in the South. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: This innate rush that's within us isn't actually innate, it's learned. Mm -hmm. So I think that that's cool to mention.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Let's talk about vision boards. I know in one of my earlier episodes, my colleague, Carla Kessel, discussed vision boards as a form of practicing the law of attraction. But I want to know how vision boards relate to expressing yourself and practicing this mindfulness of being creative.
1: Vision boards are just fantastic because they can be used in so many ways exactly what Carla said of like it, you can use it for the law of attraction but the one main thing I would say that in common with any type of vision board you make is that if you're going to do it with intention you're, you have to be fully present in the moment again kind of circling back to the mindfulness piece is when you're making a vision board, you get the most success out of it when you're being non-judgmental about the images that you're choosing, that you're allowing different images come to mind, either gravitate towards you, you pick them out, or you will draw something in that sense, because vision boards doesn't always have to be just a magazine. And it really just allows you to just openly accept and then when you do that, you create this diverse collection of images. And that's really what's popping up in your unconscious mind. You're not filtering it. You're not going, oh, this doesn't look right. This, this visually is not the right color. And I will fall into traps like that. Just aesthetically being a trained artist, like aesthetically, I'll be like, oh, that doesn't look right. And I'm like, well, hold on a second. This isn't a art piece. This is my process. So I need to sit with it, not looking right, because there might be some reason why I chose this. And so vision boards is basically the way we tie in mindfulness and creativity to be one. So we allow ourselves when we're picking out images to get into that creative state, when we're able to get in that creative state or creative flow, they call it, we tap into those laws of attraction. We are doing positive affirmations, sometimes not even knowing it there. We can identify goals that maybe we didn't realize were there. And then all of a sudden it's coming to us because we're openly receiving it. And we're like, Oh yeah, I wanted to work on that. And it's just been there. Well, there you go. So vision boards can really transform into different ways. You know, you could do a vision board on, you know, we see it a lot where Newly engaged couples, the the bride-to-be will make a vision board. This is what I want my wedding to look like. Awesome. You know, and the goal is what they want the wedding to look like. I can make vision boards. I've done it in couples therapy. What I've done couples therapy in the past of what does this couple want their relationship to look like? It allows people to visually see it because we can talk about it, but sometimes for people when they can visually see it, it really helps them put it into perspective. And it's something that you can hang up. You can see every day. Are we practicing those things that we put together for ourselves? Did I treat you with kindness? Did I speak to you with respect? And it allows ourselves to kind of hold ourselves accountable with that piece. So there's so many ways you can do vision boards.
0: It really sounds like that cliche quote, a picture's worth a thousand words, mm-hmm. but it really ties in. Words are hard. Words are limiting. There are words in other languages that mean so much more than an English word itself. So to be able to really universally communicate through pictures, through images. That's really powerful.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. And just like words, but images can often trigger different feelings, different emotions, different emotional responses to things. When we see an image, we can put a word to it, but a lot of times people will have a strong emotional response to it. Creating a vision board for the new year, a lot of times people will say, oh, I just want the next year to be better but I don't know what better looks like. And I'll tell people, you know what, then let's just find images. We call it like mentally sorting. We'll just find an image. And if you feel this kind of, "Mm, I think I need that, just pick it out. We don't have to know why yet, but we'll just pick it out. And it's really allowing the person to learn to talk, to trust their intuition to improve attunement Because again, our society trains ourselves to be so in our heads. Let's improve this mind-body connection. Let's listen when our bodies are saying, oh, that's, I don't know what that is, but that's something. That's your your gut, as we call it. Those cliches for reasons, they're around for something. And so let's listen to that. That picture just attracted you. We don't know what, we're not going to ask yet. There's no judgment. We're just going to put it aside. And then when we have that whole collection, we're going to sort it. We're going to see, is there a theme that's kind of sprouting its way through this? And you can do that because you're in a creative flow state. As soon as you start getting into that other side of the critique, the judgment, that doesn't look right. Oh, it needs to be placed here. You unfortunately tap out of that creative flow.
0: That's giving me goosebumps just hearing you talk about that, that whole idea of, oh, I, this picture, it's speaking to me. It's resonating with me. It's, it's aligning with something within myself that I can't even identify. Jeez, no wonder yeah. art therapy isn't just for kiddos.
1: Right, right. Yeah, yeah, it's just like that creativity, creativity when you're able to get into that state can just speak to you in just a different way. Absolutely. Yeah. It moves you. But again, like music, music can speak to people in such a different way. Like I always joke going to concerts for me is like a spiritual event. Mm -hmm. I will do that over a vacation any day sometimes because it just, the live music is able just to resonate with me in such a different way that it just refuels me.
0: I feel the same way. So I would love for you to just go through how to even make a vision board.
1: Yes. Okay. So you can do vision boards in so many different ways. Because a lot of times people think of like the stereotypical magazines, all of that stuff. And we don't always have access to that. So, I mean, if you want to do that, I'll go into that in a little bit. But if you're more on the computer, that type of person, or have limited access, there's tons of vision board apps so you could do on your phone. So that helps. You could do like clip art. There's also like different websites that also allow yourself to do the vision boarding. Canva is one that a lot of people will use because you can get images offline for free. And then you just have this collection of them. You can also use like the words and such. So there's a lot of different resources you can use if you want to do a more digital form. Pinterest is another one. When you're collecting all of those images, you are, in a sense, creating a vision board based off of that theme, whether if it's like your kid's birthday party, your wedding, or something else, you are creating a collection of images. And for the old-fashioned version, you really can do a couple different options. I like getting magazines. You typically pre-cut because it makes it a whole lot easier So you're not sitting and reading magazines for a little while. So I have two different bins. One are a box of images that are pre-cut and then one are a box of words. But if you don't have that available, you can go on Amazon or other websites that actually they're already books. I think if you just put in like vision board books, they're a massive collection of images. You could think of a wide variety and the book is like maybe 20 bucks and you can just cut it up. So you could do something like that to kind of avoid the whole magazine component too. So you have your collection of magazines and images. And what you really do is you start off with what we call like mental sorting. As you're picking the images, you're really just going off of something that draws your attention. You're not thinking about it yet because again, you want to be practicing mindfulness. So you're just being open and receptive if something kind of just... I always say like kind of cocks your head to the side you're like, okay, just grab that and put that to the side. And then once you have your collection, then you go through and you kind of see what's kind of in theme of your vision. Or sometimes I've had with people, including myself of all of a sudden a different theme emerges and you're just like, whoa, okay. Like, especially I find that happens with goals okay, I want to do, I want to be healthier. I want to be this or what have you. And all of a sudden I see stuff and it's like, okay, healthier. I was thinking like movement exercise. Mm, No, like I'm seeing all of these nutritional components, this food, water, what have you kind of pull at me. So I'll start choosing those things. And then to attach all the images down, you can do glue sticks, I preferably like Modge Podge, which is like a step up from Elmer's glue because it's also a sealant. So you put it on the bottom and you get like a ruler to smooth it on just nice and flat. And then you can paint over the whole thing and it seals it really pretty.
0: I've actually even seen some Mod Podge at the dollar store. So it's not this like fancy schmancy art supplies. You can get it at the dollar store.
1: Yeah. You can get pretty much any of these things at the dollar store, especially I love the dollar store is now selling canvases. So that's really what I use to put the vision boards on or canvases because the intention for the vision board is to see every single day. So the more you see it, again, laws of attraction that you're going to go out in the world and you're going to unconsciously select different things because you're constantly affirming these images in your mind. So you can do a canvas board or just plain old canvas. And that's really it. Obviously scissors. Like that's, it's, it's as simple as that. Yeah. It's super fun. You can do it by yourself or you could do it with a group. It's fun with a group because people are chatting, they're sharing images. There's a whole different kind of energy component to it, which is just awesome. And that's often sometimes when like different Images will start arising for you. You're like, oh, my gosh, I didn't realize this because somebody's like holding out this picture and they're like, hey, anybody need this picture? And you're like, oh, I need something like that. So it's a great kind of collaboration piece, too.
0: Do you feel like doing group vision boards takes away from the mindfulness because it could be distracting or does it create a whole new atmosphere?
1: Mm, that's a really, really good question. If you're starting off and really trying to master the mindfulness component, it probably would be best if you do it alone, with the least amount of distractions. Because yeah, I can definitely say when we've done it in groups, sometimes I'll get tempted to talk or look at somebody else's images and it draws me away. Mm-hmm. So you have to be incredibly aware of where your attention is. And I think if you're starting out doing it, probably individual is would be best. That's a good question. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah.
0: It sounds super fun. I mean, I've made vision boards in the past and it can just be summarizing so many different things. Mm-hmm. You know, I've done some for financial goals. I've done some for fitness goals. I've done some for, I don't know, just a future that I want. And it it's really cool to put it all together.
1: Yeah. And it's really cool to kind of see it take shape after you make it because you would think, you know, you make it and then you just stick it on the wall and that's it. But like I said, when you're seeing it every single day, you start to subconsciously make different choices to work towards that vision. I remember Leanne, when we did one in the beginning of the new year for like the goals for 2023, she was putting a collection of all different images on and there was this beautiful bottle of water. It was random, but she was like, I don't know, I really like this bottle. So she just like slapped it right in the center of her canvas and she's like, I don't know, but it's gonna go there. And it looked visually like very, very nice. Um, But then- she was chatting with me a couple months later and she, you know, she has her vision board hung up. She sees it all the time and she was just laughing about that. She didn't know why she chose the water, but she just felt like it needed to be on the board. And because of her different health issues, she started reading up more on how seltzer water is not always the best Mm -hmm. for that stuff. And so She was like, you know what? I'm going to shift to primarily a water or tea diet, which she never thought of after she read the article and she started doing it and she noticed such a big improvement. And she's like, I really think that was because I had the water and I was looking at it every day and I looked at it one day and I was like, you know what? I'm going to give this a try. It's just funny how these little things will kind of pop up in and out. You know,
0: what's really funny is we're ending the podcast today talking about Leanne's water bottle and how the vision board inspired her and planted that seed for her to want to drink more water. And we started the episode with me talking about your beautiful cricket made water bottle. So
1: that's so true.
0: The theme of today is drink water. No, I'm just joking.
1: Yes. <laughs> drink water while being mindful and yes. Being creative. Yes.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, Meg, it has been an absolute pleasure having you on the podcast. Is there anything else that you wanted to add? Any tidbits? Obviously all resources and links that Meg discussed will be in the description of the podcast, but Meg, yeah, is there anything additional?
1: I mean, I just want to express appreciation for you having me and for me being able to really boast and talk about art therapy because it's been around for a while, but I still feel like it's kind of in society up and coming and kind of giving the explanation of it. So that I really appreciate. And I think for any of the listeners, if they have any questions about whether if it's art therapy or just being creative in general and just need some answers or referrals or what have you, they can always reach out to me directly.
0: Awesome. Awesome.
1: Thank you so much, Meg. And to all of our listeners, go be creative
0: today. Yes. Thank you. Thanks for tapping into today's conversation. I hope you enjoyed it just as much as I did. If you'd like to learn more about elevate counseling, you can find us online at www.elevate-counseling.com. Follow us on Instagram at elevate counseling, services, or find us on Facebook at elevate counseling services. For those seeking services in massachusetts or surrounding areas call our intake at 508-297-1491 new episodes of mindful elevation will be released every last monday of the month and keep an eye out for energy elevators every monday where i will be teaching energy psychology techniques and tools you can implement into your daily practice until then keep grounding keep healing keep growing stay mindful